All right, well, let me start with a, with a word of prayer, and we'll get, we'll get underway here. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we ask for your presence to be here with us in this place and speak to our hearts. Lord, you've given us uh, so much to... So much that we have no excuse to not understand, Lord, what you are doing for us and, and, and what your plan is for us and how we need to, to conduct ourselves and what things are beneficial and what things are not. So, Lord, I just pray that you open our minds and open our hearts to the, the things that you'd have us know. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this talk I've called The Book of Nature and the Nature of the Book kind of robbed that title from Ivor. He had a couple talks called The Book of Nature and The Nature of the Book. Two separate talks. I've combined them into one here. Um, but The Book of Nature, really God's given us two great lesson books, has He not? Yes. Right? The Book of Nature and the Book. And they each can teach us about the other, as we just saw with uh, farming. In Isaiah 26.3, the Bible says... I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen? So when we focus our attention on God, on, on the things of God, on Christ, we have peace. The second we take our eyes off him, we start looking around, it's like Peter. We sink. Right? So to keep our eyes focused on Christ is probably the most important aspect of our, of our Christian walk. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, the sanctuary message, um, when you look at that table of showbread, do you remember what that table of showbread actually, what the bread was actually called? Do you remember that? I have it up there. It was called the bread of the continual presence. Right? So, the, the Word of God is to be continually present within our, within our mind, within our hearts, right? Um, the altar of incense was what? The prayers of the saints, right? Ascending to heaven. And remember, that incense was burning what? Always. A continual stream rising to heaven. The Bible talks about us living in a spirit, of, having a spirit of prayer, right? To always be in a spirit of prayer. It doesn't mean we're on our knees all the time, but that we, we have that right there at the back of our mind. Lord, what would you have me do here? This person's saying this, well, how would you have me respond? Right? To get in that habit of constantly sending up prayers to God because He's speaking to us, right? We should talk to God as a conversation. Right? And, and those two aspects right there, what a beautiful representation. Remember God... Uh, uh, Christ said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, right? You have no part with me? If you look at that, that's an analogy of consuming the word. And what's the blood represent? Life and, and, and right? Life, blood circulates through the body, bringing life. And that's what our prayers are doing. Our prayers should be a circular life-giving type of prayer, right? Praying to God as, as if we were praying to a talking to a friend. And then listening to the still small voice God, as God speaks, speaks back to our hearts. The seven-branch candlestick, right, represents our 
continual witness, a light upon the hill. It's interesting that seven branch candlestick, it was the only article of furniture in the, in the holy place that was solid gold. The rest of the, in the, the table of showbread and the altar of incense were wood overlaid with gold, right? Talking about the co-labor co that man has with, with, uh, with God. But our witness has nothing to do with us, really. It's all Christ. And the second that we get a little, oh, yeah, that was me. It's no longer from Christ, right? And pride takes over the heart. So the fact that that candlestick was, was solid gold, it's Christ in us. And does anybody know from Jewish history what the wicks were made out of? Rags. What rags? Dirty rags. From where? The priest's undergarments. Isn't that interesting? Shredded into strips were used as wicks in the seven-branch candlestick. Isn't that a beautiful analogy? What do we have to offer? Nothing but filthy rags. But soaked with the oil of the Holy Spirit, we can become a light on a hill. The rag isn't what's burning. It's the oil. The rag is just the conduit for the oil to be drawn up out of the candlestick to bring light to a darkened, bleak world. Amen. What a beautiful analogy. Man, God's given us everything. He's given us so many examples of, of, of just the whole, I mean, the sanctuary message being this whole just beautiful picture of, of salvation. Right? How many of you have been listening to Ivor's, you know, uh, blueprint message? And it just keeps growing. You hear it again, you're like, whoa! It's amazing. It's amazing. I praise God for the things that the Lord has been showing that man. It's amazing. So, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible is, is, is talking about. It's talking about God it's so pervading the human that it's God's mind within us. Amen? Wow. The psalmist writes in Psalm 119, 1 through 3, Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language with our voice is not heard. Amen? So God is speaking through everything, right? Through nature, through everything. And look at how the, how the devil has just twisted it just a little bit and how close those tracks of error and, and, and truth really lie, right? The whole pantheistic idea is, oh yeah, yeah, God is, in, God's every, God is everything. God's in the trees, God's in this. But then what that brings it around to is God is in you without you having to ask for it that you are God and that you just need to realize that and become awakened to that. And the Gnostic tradition is just the same age-old lie. That's what they say. They say Satan is the Savior because he is the one that enlightened Adam and Eve to the fact that we're all gods. That's the Gnostic tradition, right? And they say, yeah, Yahweh is the creator, but he's a lower-level God that was the son of some other God and blah, blah, blah. And he created the world to be material and not physical, and therefore it's evil. And Satan came into the world to, realize, to, to show us that we're, we, we are all God. I mean, it's just upside down. 
in Christ's Object Lessons, just in the very first chapter, this is kind of a long quote, so bear with me, but there's some, some really powerful things here, just in the very first chapter of Christ's Object Lessons. In Christ's parable teachings, the same principle is seen as in His mission to the world, that we might become acquainted with His divine character and life. Christ took our nature and dwelt among us. Divinity was revealed in humanity, the invisible glory in the visible human form. Men could learn of the unknown through the known. Heavenly things were revealed through the earthly. God made manifest in the likeness of men. So it was in Christ's teaching, the unknown was illustrated by the known, the divine truths by earthly things which the people were most familiar. The scripture says... All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Matthew 13, 34 and 35. Natural things were the medium for the spiritual. The things of nature and the life experience of his hearers were connected with the truths of the written word, leading thus from the natural to the spiritual kingdom. Christ's parables are links in, a, in the chain of truth that unites man with God and earth with heaven. In his teachings from nature, Christ was speaking of the things which his own hands had made. Isn't that amazing to think about? Here he was talking about things his own hands had made, in which and had the qualities and powers that he himself imparted. In their original perfection, all cr created things were an expression of the thought of God. To Adam and Eve in their Eden home, nature was full of the knowledge of God, teeming with divine instruction. Wisdom spoke to the eye and was received into the heart, for they communed with God in His created works. As soon as the holy pair transgressed the law of the Most High, the brightness from the face of God departed from the face of nature. The earth is marred and defiled by sin, yet even in its blighted state, much that is beautiful remains. God's object lessons are not obliterated. Rightly understood, nature speaks of her creator. In the days of Christ, these lessons had been lost sight of. Men had well nigh ceased to discern God in his works. The sinfulness of humanity had cast a pall over the face of creation. And instead of manifesting God, his works became a barrier that concealed him. Men worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Thus the heathen became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart foolish heart was darkened. So in Israel, man's teachings had been put in the place of God's, not only, not only the things of nature, but the sacrificial service and the scriptures themselves, all given to reveal God, were so perverted that they became the means of concealing him. Christ sought to remove that which obscured the truth the veil that sin had cast over the face of nature, he came to draw aside, bringing to view the spiritual glory that all things were created to reflect. His words replaced the teachings of nature at, uh, his words placed the teachings of nature as well as the Bible in a new aspect and made them a new revelation. Amen? Christ came to reveal. Amen. 
So we're going to look at how does the health message reflect the glory of God. Because that's a message that we were entrusted with. Amen? Amen? And I think it's one that we've gotten off base in a lot of places. Health. When we think of that, think of that word, we cannot not think about the problem, right? Disease. And the disease seems like such a bigger problem than really... It seems like there's more diseased people on the planet than there are healthy people, right? And that's probably most likely true, especially in this day and age. We're living in, in the last days where man has degenerated to such a degree that we're only living barely 60, 70 years on average, right? And dying of all types of diseases. It's interesting. Uh, health or health care. It's funny that we actually call this over here health care when really it should be called what? Disease management. Right? I mean, that's really what it is. Health care should be just that. Caring for your health. Not, oh man, I'm broken. Fix me. Cut that out. Radiate that. Right? I mean, think about it. We're, 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 I mean, we're in a time when when, man, Satan is just, he's come along and he's patting us on the back and said, you guys are doing fine. You Adventists, you're doing fine, right? You got hospitals all over the world. You guys are head of robotic surgery. We are. I saw the, I saw the, the film, The Adventists, right? Made by a Catholic, by, interestingly. Interesting. Um... And, you know, I don't mean to be critical, but I just, I see, I see things for what they are. And, and if we were really going to be a peculiar people, then why aren't our hospital institutions a peculiar hospital? Yeah. I mean, in the basement, there used to be hydrotherapy. They don't even do that anymore. Hot and cold water. What a simple remedy. Simple remedy. And, and, and it's, it's gone by the wayside. Why, I mean, why aren't we feeding just the healthiest food we can to these sick people? Oh, we want to give them what they want. And that's the problem, right? I mean, that's the problem in the church, right? That's the whole problem with the music in the church is, oh, we just want to give the youth what they want. That's what they're already listening to, so we'll give them something they like to just make them feel comfortable. Is that really how we should be conducting ourselves. That's what we need to ask. If the health message is a reflection of the glory of God and a reflection of the gospel, is there such a thing as an incurable disease? Right? I've heard, I've heard sermon after sermon, oh, we're going to be sinning until Jesus comes. That doesn't give me any hope. I don't want to sin until Jesus comes. I don't. I, I want to... I I want freedom from the things that I grapple with. And if, if I believe that, oh, well, this is just, something, this is just my lot. I'm just going to have this till Jesus comes. Then I'll be made perfect. It's an interesting, interesting uh, problem that we're in. But if, if we really believe that, the, that the God has the power to change us, why wouldn't he change us all the way? Amen? Amen? And that's reflected, I think, in the health message. Because I don't think there's an incurable disease. There's many diseases the doctors say, that's incurable. You know? 
We can do, we can do this, that, and the other, and, and uh, if you live six more years, we call that success. Interesting. Well, so I, a few years, well, quite a few years ago, I started looking into health and looking into these things and researching, and I came across this guy, John Raymond Christopher. How many have heard of him? Anybody? Nobody heard of Dr. Christopher? No one? One. This was the American herbalist. This guy came up with over 50 formulas, herbal formulas. This guy went to jail seven times Whoa. for practicing quackery. No, not a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, seven times, yeah. Seven times, six or seven times. Don't quote me on that, but I know he went to jail a, a number of times. And, um, uh, but he came up with, with all these different formulas. There's a, he's got a tooth powder and an intestinal formula and all these different things, right? Well, his famous quote is that there are no incurable diseases, only incurable people. And that's the reality. The things I've learned about health, and I've shared those with my family and with my friends and things, when you, you get resistance, you realize, wow, yeah, it's not the disease that's incurable, it's this person. They just can't see that if they put the pedal to the metal, because you're not going to kill yourself with carrot juice, green powder, and garlic. You're not. But if you go serious and you put the pedal to the metal, you're going to watch a healing miracle take place in your life. That's what's going to happen. And then I come across this guy. He wrote a book called There Are No Incurable Diseases. Dr. Schultz. And Dr. Schultz studied under Dr. Christopher. He went to his school of natural healing, and he became his little right-hand man. He said he learned all the formulas and everything, and Dr. Christopher would be like, okay, we're going to do this formula. What's in, it, what's in it, Richard? Richard would be right there. Oh, yeah, it's this, that, and the other. And this guy has taken it to a whole other level. And he has one um, little shop in Marina del Rey um, called the American Botanical Pharmacy. And my wife's, uh, my, my, my wife's mom was the first one to introduce me to this guy. She goes, hey, go down to Dr. Schultz's uh, little place and get me some super tonic. And I'm like, what's that? So I go in this place, and I'm like, what is this? It's just this little room. It's all these tinctures and everything all over the walls, everything. Everything's made out of plants. And he preaches a, a vegan diet, plant-based, whole food diet. And then if you have a situation, you can go serious with his incurables program and cleanse the detoxifying organs of the body and disease will leave your body. Interesting. So I started, I read this book, fascinating book, fascinating book. Um, here's a quote, he says, the basic principle of natural healing is that we will never be smart enough to outsmart God or to know exactly how the human body works. So instead of getting in the way of what the body is already trying to do, or worse, thinking the body's actions are a disease, fevers, headaches, and, depress and suppressing it, natural healing is instead a healing system based on a belief in God a belief in nature, and a big dose of common sense. Amen. Amen. And you know, he's, he's kind of a crass individual. Um, so I, I, brought some, I brought a bunch of CDs and stuff. So if you guys are interested, um, I brought a stack of his, of his CDs here you can listen to. But he, there's, there, I, I won't, I won't uh, hide the fact he's got a colorful, 
colorful uh, vocabulary in places because he's serious about it. Um, and then I brought a bunch of his, his catalogs here too. So I got a box of catalogs here. So for those of you who are really interested, you can pick one of these up and look through his herbal catalog and, and, and see what he's got there. It's pretty, pretty powerful stuff. I've done his 30-day cleanse. I've done his bowel cleanse, his liver cleanse, the kidney cleanse. They're all really, really powerful cleanses because he looked at what, what um, Dr. Christopher was doing and everything and how, how, uh, what cleanses people have been using. And then he didn't stop there. He went, hey, what are they doing to cleanse the horse? Oh, I'm going to use that. And his stuff is super powerful. It's, 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 it's powerful. Um, but look at, even when, when Christ sent out his disciples, right? And when he called uh, unto him his, his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal some. Oh no, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I want to see this. Don't you? I've been praying, Lord, I want to see some miracles. Because you promised that you would give to us your power and that we would see the things that you demonstrated through us? Wow. Wow. But do we have the faith? That's really the question. Just what a beautiful example we have in Ezekiel's vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. Right? And he's asked, Son of man, can these bones live? And what's Ezekiel say? I don't know, Lord. You know. And then he said to what? Prophesy on these bones, right? And he saw this whole army come from dry bones. And that's just, a, that's, that's a vision. But I believe God can take us from a state of just dead, dry bones to a standing member of his army. And the physical and the spiritual are one. We can't separate it. Our minds and our bodies are one. We cannot separate them, right? So if we are intaking things that make our bodies unhealthy, our minds are unhealthy. If we're taking in things into our minds that are unhealthy, our bodies become unhealthy. It's a, it's, it's a two-way street. We can't separate those things. Jeremiah 33, verses 2 and 3 says, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord has formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Amen. Lord, show us things we don't know. Show us things that, we're, that we are ignorant of, that we, that we didn't previously know, because there's so much more. I mean, we're going to be studying this thing for eternity. Right? the love of Christ and what he did for us here. Have you ever read this quote? Testimonies of the Church, volume 7, page 62. We have come to a time when every member of the church should take hold of the medical missionary work. That's everyone. We are all called to be medical missionaries. Doesn't mean you have to be a doctor, right? Look at what she says here. I've been instructed that little companies who have received a subtle, a suitable training... In, in evangelical and medical missionary lines should go forth to do the work to which Christ appointed his disciples. 
Let them labor as evangelists, scattering our publications, talking of the truth to those they meet, praying for the sick, and if need be, treating them, not with drugs, but with natural nature's remedies, ever realizing their dependency on God. As they unite in the work of teaching and healing, they will reap a rich harvest of souls. Amen? Amen. Councils to Parents and Teachers and Students, page 469. This is, this is a great quote here. Councils, Diets, and Foods, page 263. But more important still is the art of preparing food so that it is both healthful and appetizing. This art should be regarded as the most valuable of all arts because it is so closely connected with life. It should receive more attention for in order to make good blood, the system requires good food. The foundation that which... The foundation of that, which keeps people in health, is the medical missionary work of good cooking. Who here cooks? You're a medical missionary. <laughs> or you should be. With your cooking. Medical missionary, right? Isn't that amazing? That, uh, I was so inspired by Dr. Schultz and his supertonic that I went there. I said, I'm going to make my own supertonic. So I did. Does anybody have a little sore throat or... Maybe, maybe coming off a cold or anything. It's not really flu season. No one. Yeah. I'll give you one too. Okay. Try that. It's a little spicy. That's not too bad. I juice ginger, garlic, horseradish, habanero pepper, and white onion. And man, let me tell you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, advise trying that at home. Don't, I, I wear a mask, goggles. When I get to the horseradish route, I keep my eyes closed. It's so intense. I'm like this. I mean, the vapors are... I never, never knew how powerful horseradish was until I put it through my juicer. I mean, I have to take my mask off and go outside and, and blow my nose. I don't, it's just clearing me out. It's amazing. If you ever have a uh, stuffed up sinus, just grade some horseradish and breathe the vapor. Oh, yeah, it's on there. Just a dropper full or so. Gargle it. Shake it up good there so you don't just suck up the hot stuff in there. It's preserved in Bragg or apple cider vinegar. So I use raw apple cider vinegar because it's a good preservative. I don't think we should be consuming vinegar on a, on a, on a daily basis. Vinegar is a food end, but it acts as a good preservative, and, and it'll keep that fresh in there for years. I've had bottles on my shelf I've tried from past batches. And What's the name? Uh, Schultz called it Supertonic, so I said, well, I'm going to call it Supertonic, too. I just put Tommy's Tonics on there instead of Dr. Schultz. In warm water. Put it in warm water. Yeah, if, you, if you're using alcohol, yeah. Because alcohol is another a good preservative that people use for tinctures and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... How many, is there anyone in the room that has been told uh, that by your doctor that you're at a risk for heart attack? You all look pretty healthy in here, so maybe not. Anyone? 
No? Yeah? You know someone? No? Oh, cayenne, exactly. Here's a vial of cayenne. I made a little uh, label for it. It says heart attack stopper. Okay? I'm going to give it to this guy right here. And uh, on here, I put a little caution. It says uh, 250,000 heat units. Most cayenne peppers will boast 90,000 heat units. That's actually Dr. Schultz's cayenne pepper. I didn't bring the bottle in here with me, but um, it's, a, it's a cayenne pepper blend. So I, I heard a testimony of a guy. He took a nap in his lazy boy, and he had a dream. And a horse came over and stood on his chest. And he woke up, and he was having a massive heart attack. And all he could remember is someone told him, cayenne pepper. He's in the kitchen, just he finds some cayenne pepper, heaping tablespoon in a glass of water, and the heart attack stopped. It dilated all his blood vessels, and, and the heart attack stopped. Wow. I mean, just if we knew that, you know? And you can share that with people. That's an easy, easy natural remedy for getting to that situation. And cayenne pepper is good, good in our diets, too. You can sprinkle it on your food. Under the tongue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, under the tongue. Yep. A little cayenne pepper under the tongue. You're not going to be sleeping with that. Okay. Eat for health. Look at this quote by Julius White, okay? When meals are planned at home or selected at a public eating place, do we ever raise the question, does this food contain the elements needed by the brain, heart, nerves, and other organs and their processes? Nope. Nine-tenths of people never give a thought to this. They ask but one question, do I like this food? I mean, right? That's what we come to. Do I like this food? No, I don't like that food. I don't like that no, that food's not healthy for me. Oh, yeah, that food's good for the heart. Oh, yeah, that, is that how we talk about food? Right. Um, <clears throat> that and that alone determines what we will and will not eat. Yet, it is more important to us that we know how to nourish our bodies and those of our children than to understand the inner workings of the automobile, the mysteries of the radio, the latest fashion or movie, or to learn all the languages of the earth, or the doings of the ancients, the depths of the fourth dimension, or the marvels of the atom. To be sure, these matters are important, but they are absolutely no value without health. Amen. Amen should be something that we really take seriously, right? That's uh, Julius's book there, Abundant Health, page 5. Uh, blank slide? Oh, no, no. Okay, so it, when you go, if you go into Dr. Schultz's um, herbal botanical pharmacy, it's got these big things up on the wall, and there's this one slogan up there that says, Stop doing what makes you sick, and start doing what will create powerful health and disease will leave your body. And it used to say, start doing what's going to create a healing miracle in your life. Because that's really what it is, right? We can't divorce this health message from the miracle that God is the healer. That God is bringing the healing. In all the testimonies, there's, he, he, he's, his, he doesn't advertise, it's all word of mouth. I'm advertising for Dr. Schultz. He's not paying me, right? What's the best advertisement? Word of mouth. It's the best advertisement. Because when people see that it really works for you, they're going to try it. Don't, what does this sound like? Stop.
stop doing something and start doing something. What's that sound like? Don't we have something like that? An acronym? Did Ellen White? Yeah, new start, right? New start implies that you stop and start. A new start. And nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest, and that trust in God. You have to have all those. That's the new start, right? To have a new life. To, have, to, to experience a healing miracle in your life. It's right there. Because remember, from our talk before, right? The gospel is about restoring God's image in man. Right? Um, and one way to do that is to cleanse the mind. Right? Look at what the Bible says in Romans 12 too, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? Amen. So how do we cleanse the mind? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, with the washing of the water of the word. The Bible is cleansing to the mind, is it not? The more we focus on Christ and focus on his character, the more we become like him. The, the sinful nature is cleansed out. The Bible talks about cleansing, right? Beautiful. The word is cleansing. The Bible talks about cleansing the temple, right? Look at, look, at, look at the sanctuary again. There was always a cleansing of the temple every year. And here, we are what? We're temple. And growing up as an Adventist, I never heard anything about cleansing physically. Never heard anything about it. It wasn't until I, I came, came across Dr. Schultz that I heard about cleansing. And I'm like, whoa, why haven't I heard about this? And... Yeah, I'll leave it there. Get myself in trouble. All right, so the word is cleansing. So let's talk about cleansing for a second. Bentonite clay. Anybody heard about bentonite clay? Okay, a good handful of you. Well, bentonite clay, actually all clay, is, uh, these are layers of, of bentonite clay. It's kind of hard to see here, but these gray layers in the deserts and things, they find these layers um, out in the deserts uh, of bentonite clay, is... Uh, all clay is essentially volcanic ash. That's what clay is. And so it's rock, rock dust, essentially, right? But not all clay is the same. When there are specific uh, situations where the volcano has erupted and the ash settles out in either an alkaline pond or lake or an ocean body, bentonite layers form. And they've classified the clays into seven families. And the smectite family is the family of clays that the, that the bentonites are from. And they're referred to as living clays because they can actually um, make uh, weak uh, um, electromagnetic bonds to free radicals, heavy metals, and that sort of thing in our, in our system because there's a negative, a weak negative electromagnetic charge on the crystal. It's actually classified as a nanocrystal. Um, the bentonite clay. And so uh, it's interesting. The Bible talks about clay. Right? Ye, ye are, we are the clay. 
Clay is a very, a very moldable, pliable, right? And then it can be fired in a fire. And, and what's the purpose? Why, is, why are we referred to as, as clay? What is, what is God doing? He's molding us. But what is he molding us into? Into his image. Into a vessel so that he can fill it. Amen? Beautiful. Isaiah. So here's a, it's kind of hard to see, but there's a, a 25,000 magnification uh, shot of the bentonite clay, and, and it's got all these little pocks and holes in it and everything. And so it's got this, and the other aspect of it, it has a pH of 9.7. So it's actually alkalizing if you drink it. Anybody uh, having any gastrointestinal issues right now? A little stomach uh, burn, heartburn? Yeah? Are you? This is pharmaceutical grade bentonite clay. So if you drink that right now, in five minutes you can tell us how you feel. If you really, are you, you have a, your, your stomach's hurting right now? In the morning. Okay, so in the morning you try that and, you, and just drink that whole shot. There's only a, one teaspoon of clay in that, in that thing. You need some too? All right, I'll, I'll give you some. I just brought that one, but I'll, I'll get you some afterwards, okay? So... Um, I was just at the SoCal camp meeting, and this lady came up to my booth, and she's like, man, my heart, I have heartburn. She's burning. I gave her a little swig of the, of the clay water, and five minutes go by. She's like, it's gone. I totally feel fine. Wow. Anybody have a canker sore? Sorry to make you admit that. If, yeah, yeah. What about, like, anxiety? Cleansing the physical is going to help with the emotional issues. Uh, um, I read that if the bentonite clay, for, for young people especially, it helps regulate hormones and things in the system. So, if you, you know, especially, I mean, young people. I have, I have a, um, a, a gentleman, he came to my presentation. He started buying the clay. He's using it for his daughter's acne. Nothing has worked, he said. Nothing until he started using this clay. She's drinking it making a mask out of it. You go to some, some high-end esthetician boutique and they put a mask on your face and charge you 60 bucks, they just put a dollar of clay on your face. <laughs> and that's why we're calling it Miracle Mud is what we're branding it, right? Um, and I brought, some, I brought some here. Does anybody have acne or facial issues or anything? Yeah? Here, you can try that. And spread that on your face. And, then you can, and you can eat it, too. You can just take a little finger full and eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're buying it as powder and then, and then um, selling it as powder. So I just mixed that up with water, and I just mixed that up with water, you know, and made mud or made the liquid. So you just, it's just a teaspoon in, in a few ounces of water makes a milky consistency. It's a three-to-one ratio uh, water to clay to make mud. So it absorbs. That's, that's the other aspect of it is that it has a power to absorb three times its amount in water. So the clay will absorb three times its amount in water, and while it's absorbing water, it's pulling impurities and things into it. And as, you, as it goes through your intestines, none of it goes into your bloodstream. It goes through your intestines and out. And with it, it takes all sorts of impurities and mucus and all that sort of thing out with it. So if it does that, then the person will be purified, but then what if they're still eating the eggs and they're still eating the chicken? Yep. And then if, if, yeah. 
Yeah. Will cause that yep. to the, yep. the Yep. Yep, they are. They're fighting they're they're fighting a battle that's That's right. That's right. That's why there's a start and a stop. That's why we have the new start. This is all incorporated along with a, a new start. Stopping those old things and starting this new life. Because, yeah, the, for, the best, for the best benefits, like Dr. Schultz says, he, he, he's always telling people, don't use this like you go to the doctor and just get a pill. Okay? This is a lifestyle change. And when you get serious about cleansing the the detoxifying organs of the body, your bowels, your liver, your kidneys, your body can fight disease. That's what it's been doing your whole life. It's just fine that it got to a point where it just can't do it anymore. Um, we talked about the negative electromagnetic charge. Um, it's very similar to charcoal, right? Activated charcoal. This is an uh, uh, microscope picture of, of a activated charcoal. You can see all the little pucks and holes in there. And basically, uh, charcoal is the most used substance on the face of the planet. We've decimated forests to make it. I don't know if you realize that. It's in every filter, everywhere. It's, it's the most powerful filter that we have. It, you, you look up charcoal in the Merck manual. They're like, we don't know how it works. This is amazing. It's just, it, it's, it, it's good stuff, right? Well, charcoal... Here's some more close-ups of charcoal. Um, it has, basically, right at the end is the wood is burnt. Charcoal's made out of wood. And isn't it interesting, we have these two remedies here that are made in a fire. Interesting. Man cannot make these things. The fire makes these things, right? But activated charcoal, they'll hit it with steam and different chemicals at the end and create different sized cavities in the charcoal to target things that they're, they're wanting to target. For instance, they can hit it with a certain gas and make a charcoal that's specific to absorb ammonia gas. And in one quart of, of charcoal will hold 80 quarts of ammonia gas. And that's because of all that surface area that's created by all those cavities. And in one teaspoon of charcoal, you have a football field of the surface area. One teaspoon. Has, it, has, has anybody never used charcoal before? Have you all used activated charcoal? No one's ever not used charcoal? Never used charcoal? Activated charcoal? So here, here's a little activated charcoal in tablets. Each one of those is a football field of surface area. You've never used it either? All right, well, I've, I've, I've got some more. I'll get you some too. Huh? Okay. Now, when I first came across this whole cleansing thing and I saw in Dr. Schultz's Bowel cleanse, he had bentonite clay. I was like, that's weird, eating dirt. That seems weird. And I went into their pharmacy and I said, you know what? I eat pretty healthy. Why do I need to do all these cleanses? And they said, well, you get, you get toxins in the air. You get toxins in the water. Um, even though you're eating organic, you know, you might be getting some toxins in your food. Um, and we're accumulating that, you know? And, yeah, and the air is the biggest thing. You really, we're, we're breathing out 70% of the toxins that we excrete daily is coming out of our breath. Isn't that amazing? Your lungs are just getting rid of toxins, right? Well, I saw an episode on Planet Earth because we, we bought that DVD series. Planet Earth, how many of you have seen Planet Earth? Right? And there were some just beautiful shots there. Beautiful. Just bugs me. Oh, millions of years ago. 
I wanted to take the whole series and I wanted to do my own voiceover and just release it on YouTube. That would, that would uh, get me in trouble for sure. Okay. Um, but on one of the episodes in Africa, all the elephants would congregate. Once a year, they would come to this clearing each year, and they would blow with their trunks down into the swamp, and they would suck up and ingest a huge amount of clay. And the narrator said, because they're detoxing from all the toxins that are in the foliage that they're eating all year long out in the jungle, a lot of those leaves and things have toxins in them, and they do a bowel cleanse. I went, God, if you're telling the elephants to do it, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'll do it. Give me the dirt. And I started using it. And with amazing, amazing results. You will feel more energy when you drink this clay because it's cleaning mucus and things off the lining of your intestines to where now you have more surface area to absorb the food. See, a lot of times we come to people, we say, oh, you've got to change your diet. And we just, that's all that happens is they change their diet. And it takes time for the body to cleanse things out. But if we, if we hit it hard with some, some serious cleansing, they're going to feel real results from that, that new food they're eating because their intestines are lined with all sorts of stuff. Does Dr. Schultz talk about the Clay and charcoal, they're, they're very similar in the, in the respect that they take the bad and they leave the good. Isn't that amazing? What a beautiful analogy we have, right? I mean, Christ is our example. He's, he's that cleansing clay. He's the one that, that God, he allowed God to mold him into a perfect vessel that filled God perfectly. And he's our example. And when we ask and we pray for him to, to come into our minds, he will cleanse out those things and leave the good and take the bad. Amen? I've heard of different sorts of cleansing. Is there one that does the whole body cleansing? The whole... I mean, I've heard of it, you know, I've heard of Sure, sure. Is there one that does complete body cleansing? To do complete body cleansing is going to be a regiment of a few different things. Because... You know, we've, we've segregated things. I mean, you think about it, we, you know, in, in medicine, it's like, oh, this doctor deals with the foot, and this doctor deals with the ear, and this doctor, you know? When the body's a whole, and that's the way we should really approach it, as a whole. And so when, 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 when you get serious about cleansing the detoxifying organs, the skin is another huge organ that you can cleanse. And there's, there's uh, bath treatments, like the cold sheet treatment, for instance, is where you're climbing into a bath of cayenne pepper and garlic. Yeah, I haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> and, I've, and I've tried to uh, uh, get my brother to do it with me. I said, come on, Scott, I'll do it if you do it. And I think oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because I, I, I always tell people about it. Um, and Dr. Schultz says that at that one treatment, he's seen people take bigger steps into health with that one treatment the cold sheet treatment, than any of his other treatments. Because what it does is it, the cayenne pepper and the garlic stimulate the largest organ in your body and bring all these toxins to the surface. Because you've gotten in a bath, um, you've done a high colonic, you've, and then he has you actually hold in a quart of water, which you'll absorb through your intestines quicker than you could drink that quart of water. And then while in the bath, you're drinking eight cups of tea, an herbal tea that has all these detoxifying uh, tea uh, blend in there. And so you're rapidly hydrating. You're in this bath that's feeling like your skin's cooking. And 
it just, and then you get out, you do 15 minutes in this bath, you get out, you take a sheet out of a, out of a bucket of ice water, and you wrap in that cold sheet, and you wrap in some plastic like a burrito, and you just sweat it out. You try to sweat it out all night if you can. At least do three to four hours, he says, in that sheet. And when you open up the sheet, he said a lot of times you'll see colorful, not colorful, colors of toxins that have come out through your skin. Toxins that have been in your body since the day you put them there. Or they entered your body without you knowing it. So uh, even parrots, uh, birds, uh, my, my Scotty's uh, father-in-law went on a trip down to South America, and they witnessed this firsthand. He said, yeah, it happened. We were at, at this bridge, and everybody's taking all these pictures, and the parrots come along, and they eat the bentonite clay off the edge of the bank, and then they go and they eat a very poisonous fruit that isn't ripe yet. And when it's not ripe, it's poisonous. But they're hungry. And they know if they eat the clay and then they eat, eat the poisonous fruit, they're going to be fine. Isn't that amazing? How many of you have ever heard of, uh, there was, man, I can't remember his name offhand right now. There was a doctor, he, was, he got up in front of all of, all of his colleagues and everything at, at, at this big university, and uh, he had some charcoal, and he wanted to demonstrate how powerful charcoal was, and he put some strychnine in the charcoal, and then he drank it. And he lived. Wow. So, they, I mean, these things are powerful in terms of, 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 of absorbing and holding the toxins. Um, uh, in, there was a book I read by the lady who, who the clay that we buy from is called the Living Clay Company. They're in Texas. They're mining the clay out of Death Valley and taking it to Texas where they grind it to a 325 mesh powder and then they uh, test it for all, you know, heavy metals or, or E. coli or whatever. This whole list that the FDA gives them, requires them to test it for and they give it a stamp of approval. So the clay we're buying is pharmaceutical grade, safe for human consumption. And in her book, she has this whole uh, list of ailments that can be cured with bentonite clay. And this is just a handful of it. Uh, abrasions, abscess, acid reflux, acne, age spots, AIDS, alcoholism, anemia, uh, um, anorexia, uh, alcoholism. I heard of people using the bentonite clay coming off methamphetamines and not having any withdrawals. So it's powerful. Arthritis, autism, bad breath, bee sting, blackheads, blisters, boils, bruises, bunions, burns, cancer, candida, carpal tunnel, cold sores, colon polyps, colon cleanse, constipation, corns, cracked heels, cramps, cuts, cysts, dandruff, depression, detoxification, diaper rash, diarrhea. It'll stop diarrhea in 15 minutes. Wow. I'm, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. Uh, eczema, fibromyalgia, food poisoning, flu, fungus, gingivitis, hair loss, kidney stones, I mean, nuclear radiation. It'll help cleanse nuclear radiation. Here's my last slide. How many of you have seen this book by Fiedler? Right? If you haven't read this book yet, it's worth a read. It's very, very interesting. Sozo was the original Greek word used in the New Testament for salvation, and it meant salvation and physical healing. Sozo. Isn't that amazing? Um, Jesus used it when he said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. He's talking about physical healing and salvation. That's why the health message is part of our work. They're to be one. 
Through the health message, you can teach people about salvation. Because it's so similar. The union of Christ-like work for the body and Christ-like work for the soul is the true interpretation of the gospel. Review and Herald, March 4, 1902. God's purpose in committing to men and women the mission that he committed to Christ is to disentangle his followers from all worldly policy and give them a work identical to the work Christ did. Amen. I want to see it. Let's start praying for that. Let's all embrace the medical missionary work like we've been advised in any capacity. It could be simple. You could cook for your neighbor. Medical missionary. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's bow our heads and, and we'll have a closing word of prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, again, we're so humble and we humbly come before you and we beseech you and we say, Lord, come into our, our hearts and into our lives in such a powerful way that people will see youth working through us. Like that seven-branch candlestick, Lord, we have nothing to offer but filthy rags. But Lord, you've promised that you would so fill us with the Holy Spirit that people would see a light on a hill. And that light would be you. And so, Lord, as we go from this place, again, just be with us. Help us to all embrace the medical missionary work like we've never understood before, but maybe we haven't. We've come to this place and we've heard these things for the first time and Lord, just empower us. Give us your spirit so that we can go forth and do this work. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.